Welcome to the Soul Renovate podcast. This is our first ever series of podcasts. This particular series, we're focusing on the Advent season. We've been looking at principal figures of the Advent season. We're doing six podcasts. This is our fourth. Our first three, we looked at the Holy Spirit, John the Baptist, and Mary. Today, we're looking at the role of a very familiar group of people in the nativity story, the shepherds. As we look at the shepherds, as we want to do in all of these podcasts, we're focusing on having a conversation with you that helps us as leaders and followers of Jesus learn how to live a life interactive with God. You might say, abide with God. So let's consider the shepherds today. Here we go. Hello, George. Well, hello. Good to be with you today. So this episode, we're going to consider shepherds. We've looked at some principal figures, the first two, the Holy Spirit and John the Baptist. We don't necessarily think of. Uh, they're not in our nativity sets. But then we've looked at Mary, who's yeah. very much central in our imaginations and in the scriptures. Today we're going to consider shepherds. Uh, <clears throat> my wife Carolyn had a group of uh, women over at the house, and uh, we have a piece of art that was done by a friend of ours from India, uh, carving the nativity uh, scene. And she was showing them this piece of art, this significant piece of art, and uh, she's saying to them, I overheard her say that. You know what I learned this Christmas? I learned that we need to have the Holy Spirit in our nativity um, scenes. And then she went out and at the Hobby Lobby or somewhere and uh, maybe the dollar store and bought a whole bunch of doves and uh, we've got doves all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so they're getting it. We're, we're, we're getting it. They're getting it, it yeah. <clears throat> That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, let's think about shepherds. Yeah. So I, let me open with the question then to you, Jim. Like, uh, you grew up around the Christmas nativity and um, it was part of your upbringing. Uh, what do you know about shepherds? In short, not much. Uh -huh. I have two memories, uh, both actually not as a child, but as an adult of shepherds. One was Central, Central Asia. Many years ago, maybe 20 years ago, I was out with a water engineer looking for a new place to dig a well. And we came across a visual anyway. We were on the side of one hill or mountain, really. And on the other side, within vision, maybe a quarter mile away, we saw a shepherd with his sheep and he had a dog with him. And it was, it was a wonderful vantage point. We didn't get to communicate with them. We were too far away. But we were close enough where I could sim simply stand there and watch him. Hmm. So all that was there for me to interpret was what I was seeing. But what struck me, uh, one, his work was had some sophistication in it. He's just not hanging out with sheep. He's moving them. Yeah. He was moving them in a way that made total sense to him. 
and he his dog was highly trained. Yeah. So that was one uh, memory I have. I think the other is also overseas a few years ago. Cindy, my wife, and I were in Switzerland. We stayed in a little village in the Alps. And one of the days, unknowing to us, the shepherds were bringing their sheep down from the higher altitude into the valleys. And so a group of probably eight or nine shepherds brought maybe a hundred or so sheep Mm -hmm. down right through the center of the little village we were staying in. And uh, the shepherds, we saw, fit the stereotype uh, of what I envision a shepherd looking like. Uh, One of them looked a a lot like Gandalf (laughs) in the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh And uh, they had staffs, uh, they had dogs, and they had sheep. And it was a very memorable uh, event in our lives, just watching them herd those sheep through the streets of that little village down into the valley. So that's I just exhausted my yeah. my firsthand experience with shepherds, which isn't much. Yeah, yeah. I I don't have hardly any firsthand experiences other than one time in 1999, um, I had gone back to Lebanon, and um, I was visiting old places where I grew up, and uh, my cousin was driving me around and just driving up the hill. Uh, towards the mountains where I would spend the summer uh, in the orphanage, um, I saw at the top of the hill a shepherd with his staff on his shoulders and he was resting his his hands like that. Nice. What was peculiar about that particular scene is that he had a a phone to his ear (laughs) and uh, he was... He was talking on the phone. Um, it just ruined my picture. I know, I know. But, but I, you know, I wondered, like, you know, he's passing the time, obviously. He's, he's got a lot of time on his hands. And uh, um, what was funny was, not funny, but, but interesting was, he was not ahead of the sheep. Mm. He was behind them. Yes. And there was no dog. He was guiding them with his voice. Interesting. As long as they could hear his voice, uh, they were going in the right direction. Wow. Because that's, that's the direction of his voice. He was going that direction. The sheep kept, kept going in that direction. That only lasted just a few minutes until he was out of sight. But uh, it's just interesting. But also, the setting of that kind of clued me in to what I've learned later. Mm. Um the setting was just total wilderness. It was out there in the tundra. Mm. It was not anywhere close to civilization. It was just out there in the wilderness, in the open uh, areas. And he was just grazing his sheep to their heart's content, which is a little bit different than the shepherds we are going to encounter in our story in Luke chapter uh, 2, verses 8 to 20. But I'm kind of, uh, I, I like shepherds. Um, yeah, there's something about them. There's that something us. about them that is attractive to me. Yeah. Um, beyond the stink and the lowly status that we imagine they had and all of that, and there's there's some conversation among the rabbis before Jesus uh, as they wrote about shepherds and and how some of them or or like they painted them all with 
with the brush of being cheats and uh, people who steal other people's sheep and that kind of thing. Um, well, that's not quite the history of, of shepherding in the Old Testament as we see it. Yeah, there um, is a pretty rich biblical very, very background. Rich. We that's, have, right, that's right. They show up in our nativity set. So you've used the word props. They're, they're in our nativity sets at home. Often the shepherds are just props. We don't really know how else to think about them. That's right. That's right. Other than they're taking well, up space. And they're dressed in the most shabby clothes, you know. Right. And, and, and you mentioned we think of them as smelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of misfit um, kind of characters. But uh, perhaps there's a bit more. There's a bit more. There's, there's a lot of shepherding going on in the Bible. I mean, it, it's it's a major theme. As a Bible project, people wanted to do a series on shepherds and shepherding. I think it would be a very rich uh, experience for, for all of us. So there you go, Tim and John. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you would expect shepherding to be like the, a main focus among people who lived off the land, mm. you know, like the yes. people of God did. Um you know, we don't think of Adam and Eve as being shepherds, but I, I would suspect that that's one of the things they learned to do. Raise some, raise some sheep. Somebody had to do it. Somebody had to do it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, there was a lamb, uh, um, a sheep that was close by that God would take it and and sacrifice it and uh, clothe them with it. Mm. After from the very beginning, from the very beginning, so this this idea is there that that the sheep will pay a price. How fascinating for us! And God is the shepherd in that situation. Yeah. And then you move on to Abel, who was also a shepherd. In yes, um, the son, the son. That's that right. Eve. Abraham was a shepherd. His sons Isaac and Jacob were shepherds. His, 11 of his kids were shepherds, with the exception of Joseph. Mm, Jacob's kids. Jacob's kids, all the 12 sons 12. of Israel, yeah. Except Joseph didn't seem like he liked that profession. He he thought of himself much higher than his brothers. Does that mean he was the black sheep? He was. <laughs> <laughs> he may have been the black I don't know. Uh, well, he was the black sheep among his brothers because they did a number on him, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, Lot, who traveled with Abraham, was also a shepherd. Uh, David, of course, the shepherd of Israel. And he's the prototype. He's the prototype. He composed a song about shepherding and thought of God using the metaphor of shepherd. So if you want to think like shepherds were lowly thieves and that kind of thing, uh, we better we better balance that with the ideal picture in the scriptures, mm. which paints the shepherds as people who are like God. Mm. They shepherd flocks. They're caring for. They're caring for. Guiding from often behind. That's right. And we have this picture in Psalm 23 that if one of the sheep goes astray, the the, sh the shepherd goes and 
picks it up and carries it and brings it back to the fold. Mm. Jesus talks about that yeah. when he talks about the parable of the 99. and uh, That's right. That. Yeah. They carry a staff, which is both used for protective mm. purposes as well as uh, rescue. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the prophets, you know, Amos the prophet, was a shepherd. Interesting. He was called out of that to play a different role, which is the shepherding of the people of God into their next future with God. So, uh, shepherding is is highly thought of in the scriptures. Um, you have the idea that if you don't have shepherds, people don't know how to live. Mm. They don't know how to follow God. They don't know... Um, where they need to go, they'll, they'll be likely falling into some dangerous situations that they wouldn't know how to get out mm. of. Um, but, yeah. a, but a good shepherd, an informed shepherd, uh, knows the direction, knows the terrain, and can guide them in into the right paths. That's um, good. Yeah. You know what I'm thinking of, George, is most of us are, didn't ra- weren't raised in highly agrarian um, environment. Some of us are, mm-hmm. perhaps, but it's it's easy for us, it's easy for me to sort of marginalize a shepherd. Uh, but I think if we had been immersed in that culture, we would probably not thought of them that way. No. Or some of you who are listening who grew <clears throat> up in that culture, you wouldn't think of them that way yeah. at all. Yeah. I mean... They are defenseless animals, and the scripture looks at them as defenseless animals. We think of them as dumb, mm-hmm. the sheep, sheep, that is, right. but you, you don't find that image in the scripture. They're, they're prone to go astray, but they're only prone to go astray because there's no shepherd. Interesting. Not because all we, like sheep, have gone astray. So they, yes. they have nothing to do with humans at all. Right, yeah, or yeah. have a lot to do with this, yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so God Himself knows shepherding. Um, he shepherds His people. That's one of the titles. The Lord yes. is my shepherd. Yeah. And you can look at the Old Testament from a prism of God shepherding His people into the future that He has for them of life yeah. with Him. Yeah. And then, of course, Jesus comes later, and he becomes known as the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd. The good shepherd. Yeah. And so that's that's a title of honor, which which also bestows honors honor on us because we are the sheep of his pasture. Yes. Right? He spends a bit of time. I believe it's John ten. Ten. That's right. Talking about what it means for him to be shepherd. He describes yeah. a bit of what he does there. And it's also carried forward. to Other people are called shepherds a few times, as yeah. I remember. Well, the sheep of his pasture, one of the Psalms says, and the sheep of his hand, hmm. which is an interesting, yeah. like he raised us by hand <laughs> as nice. his lambs, as his sheep. I like that. So enters the Christmas shepherds, and what do we do with them? Who were they? Who were they? Who were they? Let's look at it. Yeah, let's look at it. Uh, well, 
we find them in John chapter in Luke chapter two, verses eight to twenty. Now there were shepherds. Why don't you go ahead and read it, Jim? Sure. That's, and I may stop you and make some comments, or maybe wait to the end. I, I don't know. Okay. Let's, let's just play it by ear. You bet. Yeah, yeah and it's worth noting too. Uh, you've, if you're listening, you've probably heard us knock our mic a time or two. We're actually recording today. We got it out of George's basement, and we're in a, re- a studio yeah. today, which is a first. Yeah. So, and just a reminder: this first series is a pilot for us. That's right. We're learning. That's right. So uh, I've uh, got to stop flailing my hands all over the place and speak with my hands. You yeah, know, it's one of those habits. But uh, yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Okay, Luke two, eight to twenty. Now there were shepherds nearby, living out in the field keeping guard over their flock at night. Uh, first thing to notice here, Jim, is they were living in the field. Like, they were not grazing. They were not in the wilderness grazing their sheep. Why is that? They had they had stationed themselves in a field. And, of course, here it's near Bethlehem, isn't it? Yes. And between Bethlehem and Jerusalem is about five miles. Okay. So the the two cities, Bethlehem wouldn't be considered a city, but but Jerusalem would be. Between them, there's there's some fields, some agricultural fields, and some fields where these sheep were kept, and where these shepherds actually lived. Okay, so so we're not talking about wilderness. You're now. pointing this out in contrast to wilderness. Well, yes, that's right, because. You graze sheep in the wilderness, but you keep them and you live with them near the cities. And, and you have to wonder, why near the city? Okay. Why are you keeping them? So yep. keep on reading. Okay. Get it. Interesting. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were absolutely terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Forgive us for laughing. <laughs> so I have to tell a story with this. Yeah, so, yeah. So two days ago, George and I took a road trip. Yesterday. Yesterday? We took, yeah. Was it yesterday? I don't know. <laughs> two days. We're yeah. old. We don't remember. Two days ago. Two days ago, we went to Wichita. And uh, so we're coming back, and we're talking about this podcast and what we're going to talk about. And we got to this moment in the story of uh, the angel appearing and the shepherds being terrified. And I think as we... We we discussed this. We we realized that we kind of had one idea of what that looked like. I don't know where that came from, or that came from. Movies. Well, it came from terrified. Like yeah, these the the, the angelic appearance was terrifying. Yeah. These. and when you're terrified, what do you do? Yeah, yeah. So we, I I, re- I think I shared with you. Like in my mind, that's always been one. Uh, visual of the shepherds being terrified, and that is just like they kind of stumble and faint. Their mouth is yeah. open. They're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah they're, they're shielding they're themselves, shielding themselves as if you can yeah, you know, from, the, from the glory of God that's surrounding them, that's almost like touching them. Yeah, they're they're, they're shielding themselves. Yeah. I'd, so we started thinking because we're we're trained to use our imaginations. In reading the scripture, and we thought, what if it didn't look like that? What if they were like running and screaming and dropping their staves? And, and everybody's uh, <laughs> abandoned sheep. 
Yeah. <laughs> Abandoned sheep. Abandoned yeah. sheep. This is where we absolutely, what's happening now happened two days uh, ago. We lost it. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, when Lebanese humor meets East Tennessee humor, sometimes yeah. it gets out of control. So and the funny thing is, you know, if you go to Egypt and you, you, you notice how the, some of the Arabs pronounce words with the deep E, mm, yes. because we don't have that in Arabic, they kind of shorten it. Okay. So it sounds like ship. <laughs> abandoned ship. Sheep is, sounds like ship. <laughs> so abandoned ship. <laughs> okay. Uh, can we move on now? Yeah, we okay. can. All right. But but they were terrified. I wonder what the appearance was like. Like what was the sound like? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, what were they sensing in their bones and 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 soon the angels are going to sing and. All of that, yeah. you know, just... So maybe you, if you're listening, maybe you can imagine that scene. And um, if, if abandoned sheep does not work for you, what would... Um, how do you imagine that looking? So let's... Yeah, verse 10, the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Do not abandon your sheep. Listen. So the alternative to being afraid, he, the angel is offering, is to listen. Listen carefully. Yeah, and and we think of this like happening. Just happening, like in a moment. In a moment, I yeah. just wonder how long, and how long did the angels have to sit there and say, <laughs> "Oh, Yvonne, what's what's <laughs> what's with these people? <laughs> Why know? did we choose shepherds?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very, very good question. Whose why idea? shepherds? Why, why even shepherds? Whose like, idea was it? Of all the lowly people in Israel, mm. the angel could have appeared to lepers. Mm. He could have appeared to much poorer people than shepherds in the culture. Why, why shepherds in particular? Well, you know? Do you have a thought about that? Yeah, I thought, well, I think it's going to come out here keep, in a little reading. bit. Yeah, keep reading. Do not be afraid. Listen carefully, for I proclaim to you good news that brings great joy to all the people. Today, your Savior is born in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And this is to di differentiate this baby from any other babies who may have been born mm. in Bethlehem yeah. that day. This yeah. baby is wrapped in swaddling clothes, and these swaddling clothes, um, you know, where did they come from? Like, mm. uh, did Mary make them in anticipation of this night? Mm. Uh, maybe Elizabeth, being a little bit richer, gave them to her on mm. that visit that, mm. that she spent with Elizabeth. Maybe the house where Mary and Joseph were staying, relatives of Joseph, I think they were relatives of Joseph, where Mary and uh, Joseph were staying, maybe in anticipation of the birth, would have made these swaddling clothes. These are, like, think of them as baby blankets. Receiving blankets. Receiving blankets, yeah. that's right. Receiving blankets. Um, where... Receiving blankets that wrap love, <laughs> hmm. personified in Christ. Yeah. Before um, we go, can I ask you? You mentioned you think they're staying at a relative's home. I think that we all, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us think of 
maybe some strange manger somewhere because yeah. the, the Motel 6 was full mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have a spot. So say that's a, that's a little bit different take on that. Yeah. I've just growing up in that culture, it, it, it would not be reasonable for me to think Joseph and Mary make a trip and end up staying at a hotel when they have relatives in town. And the reason they would have relatives in town is because the census had taken place. Everybody's going. Yeah, in in their birthplace. So there would be relatives there. And so they would go there and and they would be offered a place to stay uh, if that wasn't arranged even before. Mm. They would be offered a place to stay. And because the census was happening was... You know, the house where they would have stayed in, whoever whoever's house that was, it says the, the room, the guest room, was already full. Okay, right. The guest room was already full. And this is what, where we get the translation, there was no room in the inn for them. Well, the word that is used for inn some English translations translate, is the word cataluma, which actually means guest room. A cataluma is is a guest room. Interesting. There was no place for them in the guest room at the house, so they put them near the manger. That's the only place there was. And, And the manger is basically a trough, where you have, where, where you sheep, where you uh, feed the sheep and water them. Um, and typically, sheep, uh, families kept sheep, and they would bring them in on cold nights, uh, not, not to keep the sheep warm, but for the sheep to warm up the house. Wow. Uh, because of, of uh, the heat that they uh, emit. So... Uh, that's that's what I think happened in in the story, um, and so sheep know mangers. They they know mangers. Yeah, they're, they're used they're to in their property that's, of a relative. That's right. That makes so much more sense than I think what I've conjured. Well, we think of it as you know Mary, like on the, in the last week before Jesus is born, makes the trip from from uh, Nazareth to. To Bethlehem, right? Riding on a donkey, and yeah. uh, uh, can you imagine that? Nine months pregnant. Nine months pregnant, doing that, like, yeah. you know, Mary was was not gonna put up with that. If you know anything about Mary and mm. <laughs> how how strong of a woman she is, that, that's not the kind of thing that uh, she would think is so smart to do. What are you suggesting? Do. I'm suggesting they probably spend a few months there. Oh, interesting. Yeah. She's not showing up the night before. No, she's not showing up the night before and scrambling to find a place to stay. Okay. Like, that, yeah. that's not reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. So, there's the sign, the baby's wrapped in swaddling clothes. Let's read on. Verse 13. Suddenly, a vast, my translation reads, heavenly army appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom he is pleased. When the shepherds left them and went back to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, that the Lord has made known to us. 
So they hurried off and located Mary and Joseph. They found the baby lying in a manger. When they saw him, they related what they had been told about this child, and all who heard it were astonished at what the shepherds said. But Mary treasured up all these words, pondering in her heart what they might mean. So the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything was just as they had been told. Yeah. So the angels, it says a host, an army of heaven is appearing. And when you think of an army, you think there's a fight that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But they're not, they're not fighting. It's not that kind of... No, it's not that kind of a... Uh, situation. Uh, the situation is they're just singing their heart out yeah. to the baby that is born. Yeah. Like. So this is a group of heavenly beings. Yeah. They're that, not necessarily named as angels, but mm-hmm. that's for another time, yeah. perhaps. But they are a group of heaven, a heavenly host. That's right. Yeah. And they're singing. They're they're sing, singing their hearts out to Jesus, the one who is born. That's another visual. We yeah. can use our imagination. That's what right. did that sound like? Yeah. What was that like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. To hear. And one day we'll sing with them. Mm. If revelation is any indication, we'll hear them personally, and we'll sing with them. They'll talk about for another time. Yeah. Another That's amazing. Time. Yeah. So, who were they? Like, <clears throat> what's a reasonable deduction that we can make from this story about who these shepherds were? Mm. Well, their proximity to Jerusalem and their proximity to Bethlehem, so they were in between the two cities. Why would, why would there be a field where these shepherds lived and kept these sheep right there? Right. Well, when you th- begin to think about what goes on in Jerusalem, especially around Passover time, people who are coming for pilgrimage, and thousands and thousands of them came. Remember in the book of Acts where all these people from all these different countries had come right. for the Passover, right? That's right. And Is that chapter 2? A bunch Acts. of them, right. yeah. From, um, and, and these people, as they come, they would, they would bring a sacrifice with them. Mm. to offer and to mm. atone for their sin. Yes. And um, where were all these sheep kept? In right? the fields. In the field. Yes. And, and these shepherds were the ones that kept these sheep. And they weren't just any, any ordinary sheep, I don't think. Um... They were sheep that were picked, that were unblemished sheep. Because that's the stipulation. In in Exodus, uh, it talks about that, where the kind of sheep that you offer is a a sheep that is without any blemish. Well, how do you keep a sheep without any blemish if they're running out there wild and uh, subject to, to do all kinds of damage to themselves? So... Nipping at yeah. each other and all that. So yeah, a shepherd yeah. has a job to do. Yeah. 
yeah. in this. So these, these sheep were kept there for the sacrifice. Mm. And Passover is about three months away from this time. Okay. So that's normal to bring sheep to be held in a field with shepherds watching them. And they would have a watchtower near this field mm. where you can look over the, the field and see who's coming, who's going, and what danger there is, and, wow. and all of that kind of thing. And <clears throat> who would you entrust the sheep to be offered for sacrifices and to be guaranteed to be unblemished to? Would anybody be able to do that? Or was this like a, a specialty some of the priests had who knew exactly the kind of lamb that was unblemished and would be offered as a sacrifice? So are you suggesting some of these shepherds could have been priests? Yeah, I, I think they were priests who were assigned these particular duties because um, there were, we know not all of them were able to serve in the temple at any one time. There was just way too many of them. Right. Zechariah had to wait his turn, right? Mm. Yes. And I don't know how many years he waited. Yeah, and he was that, chosen by lottery. He was chosen, yeah, that's right. Yeah. The, the, the die fell on him and, and he served. So it's not beyond the realm of possibility that these uh, shepherd priests were keeping these flocks, getting them ready for the offering that mm. would happen. They're bivocational. They're bivocational. Yeah. Just like just like the Pharisees were bivocational, um, some of the priests were bivocational mm. and, uh, and did work. And the work of shepherding is an honorable work, especially when done by the priests. But what's even more important than that is the whole meaning behind what is actually going on. Notice they don't take any offering to Jesus with them. Okay, wait a minute. Who doesn't take any offering? The shepherds. I mean, they have sheep right there. Right. And they just received the announcement, the Messiah is being born. He's called Christ the Lord, right? Okay, right. The anointed Messiah, who is God, right. is born. And they go to him, they bring no offering with them. Hmm. When the sheep is readily available to them. They go without. They go without. Offering, go without yeah. gift. Without gifts, especially without sacrifice. At least that we know of. Sacrificial yeah. gift. Okay. And I'm just putting two and two together here. Uh, the text is not telling us, but but it leaves it up to the imagination. Hmm. Uh, but these shepherds, so close to Jerusalem, living in the field, um, and then the angels appearing to them. Hmm. And uh, So what... Is there significance to that if you're saying they don't take a sacrifice yeah. with them to go find this Messiah baby king? Well, it doesn't tell us quite in the passage, but the rest of the New Testament and the rest of the Bible tells us mm. about the significance of this Messiah who is going to be born, who will be the lamb who takes away the sin of the world. Why would you take a lamb to the lamb who takes away the oh sin my. of the world? Which speaks now volumes of 
what did these shepherds realize? I'm not quite sure. Could it be that they've, they're wondering, what are we doing here? Like, what are we doing this for? The one that we're doing this for has come to be with us. And now, from now on, we actually no longer need to do this. Wow. Yeah, you've opened up a whole category. Yeah, I mean, Christ has done away yeah. with the whole sacrificial the system. system. And we're, we're wondering if they're, at least have some awareness. Some awareness. Some of them are thinking about this. Yeah. yeah. And, that, and particularly going to put them out of work. Correct. Yeah, there will be unemployed <laughs> shepherd priests. Oh, man. I, you know, I don't know what the ramifications is. Yeah. Like, how did they talk this up? Because yeah. they do talk it up afterwards. Yes. They share with, with yeah. the people what they saw and big what news. they heard. It's big news. Yeah. And actually, the word is called gospel. They're, they gospel news. this. They, they gospel this. It. Yeah. That's right. You know, I think if this would have happened today, here's what I'm thinking. That's how my mind works. Um, a... The shepherds would have been unionized. <laughs> and so, therefore, B, the angels would have showed up with a legal team and said, okay, we need you guys to sign this. Sign this a disclosure waiver. waiver that's, that's right. right. <laughs> You're going to be out of work yeah. <laughs> in a short yeah. period of time. Yeah. Uh, probably not the way it happened. But, Jim, uh, I, I realize I'm reading between the lines, but... Uh, this sounds very reasonable to me, mm -hmm. to my mind, that what are these shepherds doing so close to the city? And who might they be? And who would the preparation of all the, the sacrificial system be delegated to yeah. other than priests? If they thought of shepherds as lousy people and thieves and uh, robbers and all of that, uh, well, it would make perfect sense for assigning shepherding duties to yeah. some of the priests yeah. who would do that. It's really good, George. Hey, before we close, I want to I want to bring in one uh, question. Yeah. I think to you, one that we haven't talked about. So I'm going to spring this on you. This morning, as I was reading uh, in preparation this text. Uh, I read a familiar passage that I think many um, people who've grown up in the Christian tradition are familiar with. And I'm going to begin in, in um, verse 17 of Luke 2. It says, The shepherds saw him. They related all that had been told about this child. And then it says, All who heard it were astonished mm -hmm. at what the shepherds said. But then it says, Mary treasured up these words. These were the meaning their words mm -hmm. and pondered in her heart. And this, this struck me this morning. I went back and looked at Gabriel's visitation to her with Mary. Mm -hmm. And basically what he communicated mm -hmm. was you're going to give birth to a king who's going to reign over Israel. Now the shepherds, he he. he makes no explicit mention, at least in the text, of Jesus being Savior. Here with the shepherds, uh, the angel explicitly says, Christ. He will be Savior, the Anointed One. Yeah. I'm wondering, and I'm sort of, I guess, posing to you, could this have been a bit of new information for Mary? I'm, 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 I'm tending to her response to the shepherds, that she's 
treasuring their words and pondering them. As so, where that took me was just was this a bit of a dynamic? Maybe we would use the word progressive revelation, mm-hmm. where Mary herself does not have the full picture uh, from the very beginning when when Gabriel comes, but she's been stewing in it and ruminating on it and thinking about it. And now here's another step in her understanding as well of what's going on. I don't, I'm not saying that's what, ha- it, it, the way that it was, but in my taking in the text, it's what caused me to think about. You know, what happens to Mary, what happens to the shepherds, what happens to us in our life with God is the same thing over and over and over again. And God is in the business of communicating to us through scriptures, through the Holy Spirit, new things about life with God, new things about our own lives, new ways of seeing, a change of mind. So that Mary is growing in her understanding of Jesus is totally normal. The word Savior is not used very often in Luke, maybe once or twice, Mm. and maybe once in John. It's not a common synoptic Mm. word that is used. Synoptic meaning Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that's right. Uh, So uh, she is learning something new. It's fascinating. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on the one hand, I would think, why would we think it to be any differently? She's a human being like us. Correct. And and the word Jesus, the word Jesus itself means the salvation of God. Yeah. Wow. Right. So so it's so. So he, she knew his name yeah. was going to be Jesus. Yeah. Salvation. Okay. Yeah. The salvation of God. Yeah. Yeshua. Yeah. That's right. So it's not totally new, but perhaps we're we're, we're getting a glimpse. It's of a title. The formation of Mary. It's a title now. Yeah. There it's a name. Here it's mm. a title. So there's. The title is fitting the name. Mm. Yeah. Really good. Well. Well, who were they? Um, again, they were not f- farming bumpkins, <laughs> as we sometimes think of them. They were not just props to fill up the stage on the scene, on the Christmas scene. Yeah. They were instrumental. Instrumental. They're playing an instrumental role. In revealing who this Messiah is, he is the one who is the lamb that takes away the sin of the world. We don't sacrifice to him. He's going to sacrifice himself. And they're evangelizing this. They're evangelizing this. Carriers of the good news of the arrival of the Messiah King. And they're contrasted with Mary, who's reflecting on it. The one most close is reflecting. And then God has brought these others in. The Holy Spirit is at work, knowing this needs to be told right away. And, you know, there's so much mystery around the Christmas season. And it would do our hearts a lot of good if a lot of our downtime would just sit in front of our trees or in front of the nativity scenes that we have in our homes and just ponder the mystery. Yeah. Just ponder the mystery. Yeah. How can that be? Yeah. How can that be? So much there. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, George. 
Um, Think about the shepherds. Yeah, let's not abandon sheep here. <laughs> let's not abandon sheep. You've been listening to the Soul Renovate podcast. Any scriptures or resources we mentioned in this podcast can be listed in our show notes. Renovate is a nonprofit organization that exists to propel Christian leaders to abide and grow in Christ. You can learn more about us at soulrenovate.us. If you'd like to be part of supporting this ministry, you can find out how to do that on the homepage of our website. Thank you.